When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, welcome back, Daylight Burners. Happy New Year once again. <clears throat> this is the friggin' Farm and Ranch Report for Monday, January 8th, 2024. I hope you all had a good holiday. Hope 2024 has treated you well. Um, I know if you're in the in the middle part of the country, you're getting a little bit of snow. We had some our own selves here, but it wasn't anything like we, we had beginning last year. So um, hopefully we get some more and, and hopefully it stays up top. And uh, anyways, that's uh, that's what's going on here. But it's been a minute since I've uh, since I've been on here solo. And um, there's a reason for that. It's busy, busy, busy. And uh, I also care about the quality of this show that I put out, although it may not seem so sometimes. Uh, but the I don't know, the last like, quarter of the year um, in particular, I wasn't real happy with some of the ones that I put out. And I thought they were fine, but I don't want to put out fine. I want to put out something that I'm, you know, I, I, I'm proud of. And not that I'm not proud of it. I'm just not as proud, I suppose. So, anyways, that being said, this is the first Farm and Ranch Report of the year. And I'm. Uh, this is one of the areas where I've been looking to really focus on and make sure that I, I, I do a good job because I don't think there's enough, uh, I guess, programs out there that that uh tell a good story about what's going on in agriculture particularly on the on the cattle and beef side of things so uh i want to try to do a better job of that going forward so <clears throat> please bear with me and let me know where i can improve and what you like and all that stuff it all helps sharing it around extremely is extremely important for me uh it's an election year that's going to factor heavily into a lot of what we talk about because, like every other presidential election, this is the most important election of our lifetime. So let's, um, so I guess just factor that in as we're going forward. But also with that comes a lot of scrutiny on social media, which is where I get most of my 
promotion or where I do most of my my promotion and um yeah so they're going to lock down pretty hard on stuff that goes against uh the 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 administration's agenda and I could tell you that for sure I like I can't even log in on my desktop to Instagram uh except through my personal page so um the first hour of every episode will will be on my Instagram live on my personal page at makermac85 and then I'll also post it up there as a <laughs> on my feed as a video so but it will go live when uh it won't be live for uh for you like I won't I won't I won't go live as I'm recording it on Instagram I'll go live later when I post it to all my other channels but if you're on on Patreon, that's the only true way to get uh, get on the live stream is to join through patreon.com slash burning, forward slash burning daylight. <clears throat> Starting at five bucks a month there. But that's where I try to, um, I try to live stream everything. And, uh, but then eventually it'll, uh, it will be on Instagram on my, my personal page. I've done a couple there. Um, I apologize about the football episode, not, posting on audio i had it scheduled but it did not post for some reason by the time i realized it was already halfway through sunday and who cares at that point so i didn't it's on it was on youtube all the video stuff but not audio so apologize for that i have to pay closer attention there but um also for the show going forward it may not be as scheduled as it used to be because uh I was having a hard time keeping up and and putting out, you know, what I thought was quality content three times a week. And uh my kids are getting older and more active into stuff and uh, yeah, I'm just busier and I don't want to put out shitty stuff. So like my history episodes, I'm going to take take the time they deserve. Um so I'm still working on the Mormon stuff. I'm still working on the history of the meat packing industry. I will be doing a full series on the history of the the cattle ranching industry in the in the United States, and that one's going to be a fascinating one. And I'm going to have to kind of do them somewhat simultaneously, or like do one and then the other because they they're so obviously interconnected. But it's hard to tell the story of the meatpacking industry without telling the history of the the cattle business, and it's hard to hard to tell that business without telling the story of the banking sector in the u.s because there's all they're all inter intertwined and intermingled and um a capitalism and and free enterprise and then government corruption it's all <laughs> it's all a very complex story and it's fascinating all the same so i, I will be continuing on those but don't expect them um to come out just very uh very rapidly i guess so because they just they take time to really to really tell uh, the story correctly it takes takes time to research it all so that's what i'll be doing um i will be spending some more time focusing on nutrition and and fitness as as gay and dumb and as, as everybody seems to be doing it nowadays it seems like that i don't care i think it's important i think uh I think men are too soft today, including myself, and I'm working on that. And um, and I think in the agriculture business, um, we have been duped 
by big government, big big agriculture, big corporations in general, and we are we're we're essentially uh, slave to a a welfare state, and 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 one which the the welfare state that exists for farming is um, propping up the system of of bullshit food that is essentially poisoning the country. So <clears throat> I'm going to talk more about nutrition because of that, which in which will also entail some historical dives into what how we got to where we are here. And I I, I don't know if uh, if that interests anybody. I think it will. Uh, I've got more more reactions on my on my um on, on my on my I guess what you'd call fuckboy pictures with uh where I posted a you know picture of myself in my underwear. But I want to see I want everybody to see what the process of change is from from doing all this stuff because we got a real problem with with fatties in the country and uh and it's not it's not that I hate any any fat people. Fat people are usually the funniest. But they don't live very long. And uh that, that can be a problem. And um we're just real soft and it looks like we're headed into war somewhere and um we ain't ready to fight it. So anyways, I, I think I I, I just it seemed like a good enough time to, to go ahead and try to get in shape and be as able bodied as I possibly can. And I'm not going to give advice, I don't guess, unless anybody truly asks for it. But I'll, I'm going to let people know what I've done and how it's worked and how it hasn't worked. And um, and it's uh, I guess it'll be a good advertisement for, for First Form because um, that's the products that I use and that's uh, the products I get uh, a commission for for anybody that buys them, uh, you know, using my using my link firstform.com slash burning daylight would be one s t p h o r m dot com slash burning daylight but that being said i'm not i'm not doing it to hawk the products i don't care if you guys buy i just happen to use them i think they're really good and they've helped me tr pretty tremendously i feel i feel really good after after this regimen that i've been on and i think you guys will be too so if you if you have any questions about the stuff please give me a give me a message or, or an email matt at burning-daylight.com i will be setting up a new website here pretty soon i um, think i have the domain to moveyourass.com which is a little easier to uh, just for going forward i know I've, I've got my website i've had it for almost five years now but it's a little bit of a mouthful to say so moveyourass.com uh, i think will work out pretty good so i'm gonna I'm going to work on getting a new website up there and try to drive some traffic to that because I'm trying to make everything more in-house if I can and not rely so much on, on social media and and whatnot. But um, anyways, that all that all being said, just it's going to be a little different this year going forward, but I think the, the quality will, will be, be, be worth the wait in between episodes. And... Doing this for almost five years, I also have a pretty extensive back catalog, so I will be reposting old episodes um, as I see fit. I know I've had some several requests for the to repost because there was a there's a period of time in there where I was switching platforms. There were a couple several episodes got lost on the audio side of things, but I still have them. 
I just got to put them back up. So I'm, I got one to, to talk about High Jolly and the and the U.S. Camel Corps to repost that one. Uh, Joe Drinkwalter, appreciate you shouting that one out. So I will be posting that later this week. So um, that being said, I will still try to keep the three uh, while I'm I'm still researching. So <laughs> we'll get uh, we'll get a few old episodes that I feel like are, are worth reposting. And then, of course, we'll uh, I'll still do some some episodes. Miles Fadinas will be back on. I'm getting ready to do another show with him. He just got back from Africa and said he's got some awesome stories to tell. And I can't wait to hear him. So uh, all that fence post politics and then the friggin farm and ranch report. So um, house cleaning out of the way. I know that's a was a solid 10 minute spiel, but hey, you know me, I'm not. Not exactly short-winded uh, when it comes to this stuff. So um, let's go ahead and get into it. So um, this is the the market report. This is from National Beef Wire. As of Friday p.m., I haven't looked at the market today, so I'm a little bit a little behind, but that's okay. Bear with me. Live cattle finished down ninety cents at one seventy three forty last week. Feeder cattle down a dollar fifty two twenty four fifteen. Hogs were up a dollar forty two point five to seventy six three seventy five. Um, on the grain side, corn was down five seventy five. Soybeans down eleven twenty-five and wheat's up two fifty, cotton up uh seven cents. Um Dow finished I guess up twenty-five seventy-seven. Nasdaq up thirteen seventy-seven. The S P was up uh fifty-six and uh it was they says stocks recover as U.S. economic reports suggest a st- uh, soft landing. So market dropped pretty heavily at the beginning of last week, but it rallied at the at the end. Uh, election year, you're going to see some, I think you're going to see the economy appear to improve slightly. They're probably going to drop interest rates a couple times and try to make the economics look as cushy as they can going into election season because Joe Biden's underwater on his approval rating so uh and that it's always the economy it comes back to the economy um <clears throat> and that that was kind of one one constant uh throughout like the the craziness of the Trump years is when it came down to 2020 uh it was it was covid and the economy and the economy was wrecked because of COVID and, uh, and not so much COVID itself, but the, the government, uh, reaction to COVID. And, uh, but that being said, the, the economy tanked and, uh, that's what, that's what swung the, the presidential election, uh, overall. And, um, yeah, the, the economy's in the shitter, regardless of how, <laughs> of how rosy they try to, uh, point, uh, paint the pictures. Um, I was talking with my coworker the other day. I bought a Bic lighter the other day. Um, for my entire life that I can recall. Um, also, I say my entire adult life since since I was able to legally pack uh purchase a uh, pack of cigarettes and or or uh, you know a cigar or something and, and buy a lighter to to light it with. 
at the like the big convenience stores, the big chain ones, they cost ninety nine cents. At like your smaller town mom and pop type convenience stores, that cost a dollar twenty nine. This one was two twenty nine the other day, so almost a hundred percent increase. Uh, eggs, milk, bread, everything's way more expensive. That now. They've slowed the rate of inflation down, I suppose, but it's still inflating. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, and they're still spending more and more and more money. And, um, yeah, the the stock market's probably going to hit some new highs. Um, but it, it's, it probably will crash at some point. I don't know when. Uh, I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's not going to be real pretty, I wouldn't imagine. But uh, that being said, the stock market did rebound a little bit. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You can expect some things to get a slightly better maybe as we head into the election, but I don't know. Energy prices, crude oil was up uh, 73, uh, up 170 to 73.89 a barrel. Heating oil's up uh, a little bit. Natural gas was up a little bit. Uh, choice beef on the box beef side, choice was up 126. Select was up 71. So we got 277.16 on the choice, 259.53 on uh, on the select with the choice select spread being $17.63. Um. Cattle trade, uh, the cash trade is at a standstill. Texas Panhandle live fob purchases traded at 172. Kansas live fob purchases traded at 172 to 173. And Nebraska been slow to light on moderate, slow on light to moderate demand. Um, live fob purchases were steady, mostly steady at 173. Dress delivered market was 274 to 275. Corn uh, Western Corn Belt negotiated cash trade has been slow on light demand. Most recent live fob purchases was Thursday at one seventy five, and dress purchases purchases from two seventy four to two seventy five. Cattle and calves on feed for the slaughter market in the U.S. for feedlots with a capacity of a thousand head or more uh, totaled. 12 million head on December 1st, 2023. So inventory was up 3%. Placements were down. Um, inventory was 3% above December 1st, 2022. Placements in feedlots during November totaled 1.87 million head or 2% below 2022. That's that shrinking cow herd, as you see again. Like, <clears throat> they're just more and more. Uh, they're still, you know, a lot of ca lot of cattle on feed, but like a lot, a lot less um, cattle being placed on feed because there's just not that many of them to be out there. Net placements were 1.81 million head during November. <clears throat> placements of cattle and calves weighing less than 600 pounds were uh, 535,000. Six weights at 440,000. Uh, eight seven weights uh, 380,000. Eight weights, two eighty-eight, and nine weights were one hundred forty thousand head. Uh, marketing of fed cattle during November totaled one point seven five million head, seven percent below uh, twenty twenty-two. 
Uh, National Drought Monitor um, says, Welcome to 2024 with paltry snowpack in the west and drenching rains in the east. In between, drought and dryness worsened in the south, southern Midwest, and interior southeast. However, New Mexico, Nebraska, and Illinois saw improvements this past week. The January 2nd. 27.59% of the U.S. and Puerto Rico and 32.9% of the lower 48 states are in drought, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor. Uh, we are not here in Nevada, so um, we're, we're in good shape. But uh, you get to Arizona, New Mexico. New Mexico still got some pretty extreme drought. Uh, Texas, uh, parts of it. But like Louisiana, Alabama... And uh, Tennessee, in particular, there's some really bad drought through there. Florida's okay in the coast, uh, but as you get you get more into the to the central area of the kind of like the south and and the Midwest, it's pretty dry. But I still like to get some people together on that because I, uh, I I'm just not sure what dry looks like to them compared to compared to the desert, you know. Um, Exports, uh, net sales of 9,500 metric tons for 2023 were, were up noticeably from the previous week and up 69% from the prior four-week average. Increases primarily for China, um, 3,200 metric tons. Japan, 2,200 metric tons. Um, net sales of 7,100 7, metric tons of, for 2024 were primarily for Taiwan. Um, so livestock comments by Dr. Andrew Griffith, the choice beef cutout price has collapsed this week as consumer demand shifts from high quality middle meats to end cuts. The market is following a seasonal pattern as society moves out of the holiday season. Consumer consumption patterns shift during the winter months with less grilling and more slow cooking. Men and consumers are not as concerned. If a roast grades choice or select because the method in which they prepare the roast is more forgiving than, a, than steak cuts. It is clear consumer demand remains strong for beef given the select cutout price did not falter compared to the choice beef. But the choice select spread may be a better gauge uh, of beef demand. It is common for a choice select spread to, to narrow to nearly zero during the winter months, but this did not happen in 2023 and unlikely in 2024. Choice select spread is expected to remain wide from a seasonal standpoint as consumers have proved time and time again that choice beef or higher quality is preferred and they're willing to pay for it. So you're not going to see as many people buying prime, rib, prime ribs uh, this time of year. It's just That's pretty common. Once, uh, once the new year hits, it's kind of back to, you know, it's like comfort meals. Um Cattle slaughter, weekly slaughter report of 556,000 head compared to 508,000 last week and 565,000 last year. Year-to-date slaughter at 556,000, down 1.5%. Um, so that kind of wraps up the, the market. Um, I guess not a ton going on as, uh, you know, as we're just, just cracking into the new year, but... Um, you know it's uh um <laughs> it's it's sure to pick up there's a lot of a lot of high drama to unfold this year i'm sure um speaking of high drama we've got a uh 
we've got a lot of drama surrounding the wolf reintroduction in my home state of Colorado. And um, there's a there's a new podcast out there um, that I've I've been listening to here lately. And where's um, but it's Rachel Gable, and I can't remember the other fellow's name, but Rachel Gable works for the the Fence Post. And um, what is the name of that show? But uh, they've only got a, a handful of episodes out, but it's pretty pretty decent, and they covered this this wolf uh, topic quite a bit um, over their their first couple of episodes. And so it's called Pro Ag Podcast, and that is uh, um, <laughs> I forget the guy's name, but it's Rachel Gable and somebody somebody else. He's a he, I believe he runs the sale barn there in Sterling, Colorado. <laughs> so, anyways, but they. The way these wolves were reintroduced to Colorado was really, really shysty. There was a whole lot of, there was a whole lot of underhanded stuff. Like they, inter, they when they released them, they they tried to do it in secret. I mean, they had they had photographers in there, but they like they failed to notify the ranchers in the area. Um, where they're already seeing uh, these wolves in, like the man, they cover some ground. Uh, they were supposed to be from herds that had not been attacking cattle or livestock before um every single one of them came out of the Oregon the ones that came out of Oregon had been part of of packs that uh, that had attacked livestock in the past so it's um it's just a matter of time before they they start um they start in on the cattle herds but um this is a, a picture of a collared wolf that they he got a uh, fella Todd Schmidt of Highmark Builders in Kremlin, Colorado. So um, there's a there's a lot going on with with that. There's um, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I it's uh, <clears throat> well outside of a wolf eventually is gonna is gonna end up getting shot. I would imagine, but um, we'll we'll see. Um, but I would I would recommend tuning into that Pro Ag podcast uh, if if you're if you're interested in hearing kind of some some pretty timely updates on it they they've done they've done quite a few or quite a bit of reporting and uh, and Rachel Gable has wrote several articles uh, uh, in the Fence Post and uh, and I forget where else Denver Gazette or something like that uh, I forget I forget exactly where at but anyway it's um. It's a hot button issue for sure, um, particularly for the people that it affects. I mean, it was that's it's one of the one of the really big flaws in in democracy is when you get a whole bunch of people that vote on this issue that it really doesn't affect them um, at all, and then yet the people that that vote against it it, it affects them in a potentially very negative way, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of crazy how how quickly people are are to put the the livelihood of a, a predatory animal over the the livelihood of of hardworking people um anyways this uh this is an article from the western ag reporter uh u.s employment grows 
unemployment grows as the H-2A program expands. As of 2023, this is by Tara Ochsner. Um, as of October 23, the official U.S. unemployment rate reached 3.9%, which equates to about 161.2 millions who are which equates to 161.2 million citizens. That seems incredibly high. Um, 161.2 million citizens. That's like half the population. And I don't... So I maybe that was supposed to be 16.1. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say that's a typo. But... One hundred sixty-one point two million citizens. That's that's false. I, I think that's a typo. I'm gonna go with sixteen point two million. Um, so, according to the Department of Labor, paradoxically, the number of H-2A positions, which are temporarily foreign-sourced uh, agricultural opportunities certified by the Department of Labor, increased by two percent in 2023. Despite the availability of unemployed U.S. citizens, many farmers and livestock producers across the country are becoming increasingly more reliant on the H-2A program, despite its continuing inflating costs. According to the American Farm Bureau Federal Federation Senior Economist Virginia Nye, over 100,000 more H-2A positions were certified in fiscal year 2023 than in fiscal year 2020, despite an increase of nearly 19% in the national Average adver adverse effect wage rates, or the AEWR. The AEWR is the required minimum wage that must be paid to an H-2A employee, and these rates vary by region. At seven fifty five, seventeen fifty five per hour, the national average twenty twenty four AEWR breaks the previous record by ninety three cents an hour. So these temporary you know, migrant employees, uh, migrant workers come over. The national average is seventeen fifty-five an hour, and we're and and farmers are willing to pay this for migrant workers, but can't find any domestic workers. I guess like seventeen fifty-five. That's average. Like that's not. It's not bad for. I don't know. It seems like for for a low skilled job, it seems like not bad. Like that. Where where are all the high school kids? To man, if I was making seventeen fifty five an hour when I was in high school, holy shit! I made seven twenty five, and I thought I was rolling in dough. Um, hmm. That that one, and also, um, there was another. There's another part. Okay, Wyoming, Wyoming and Montana, Idaho will have an eighty-six dollar increase in twenty twenty-four. Dakotas, Kansas, and Nebraska will see a ninety-six cents an hour raise. Colorado, Utah, and Nevada will increase by twenty-six for uh, twenty-six cents an hour, uh, along with providing housing and tr and cover covering travel costs. H two A employees are now required to pay overtime along with several other new costly regulations. So the the migrant workers get overtime, but your average American does not. If you work in the ag, the ag industry is notoriously um, exempt from having to pay overtime, which 
I I guess I mean as a, as an agricultural worker, I'm not real, you know, thrilled by that law. Um, like I, it wouldn't bother me if if your if your job chose not to pay overtime, but I don't like the little loophole that, um, that it just in ag it doesn't matter at all. Like it, it, <laughs> or at least uh, at least production agriculture, because if you're if you're in the meat packing industry, you get paid. Uh, time and a half and double time on Sundays, or at least that's what I got when I was when I was working at the at the BPI facility there in in Kansas. But it tells you how shitty that job was because I was like I could not wait to get get done with it. Um, but it paid good. It really paid good. So I mean, I guess I'm just as guilty of of that as as anybody else is that's skipping the the good paying job because it it sucks. But I mean. Yeah, it's it always seemed kind of crazy to me that the uh, yeah the the agriculture was the the one exempt industry from from overtime. You don't think about it doesn't bother you too much until you hear something about that. And you're like, huh? Well, those fuckers get overtime. Well, you guys are getting paid. <laughs> um, nonetheless, many states ex- experienced exponential growth in H two A contracts in 2023. North Dakota was in the top five for states who increased H-2A certified uh, positions in 2023 with 714 more than, than 2022. So even though they're having to pay overtime and they still can't find domestic, I guess? I, I don't know. I, I mean, hmm. I I don't know what to make of all of these these deals. It just... I can think it goes back to my, like my original preamble. This is like men are soft. Men are soft here, and uh, there are a lot of people who are more than willing to just to to milk some sort of welfare program instead of going and getting a shitty job and 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 earning your 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 wage instead of or earning your living instead of letting the government take care of it. But that's. It's not neither here nor there, but we'll be we'll move on to another. Um, I guess just to say, like the jobs are out there if you want them. Like if you really if you really want to get, you know, a decent job, they're 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 out there to be had. They're just they're not easy. Like you don't you don't get to be real lazy on the <laughs> on those good paying jobs most of the time. So I don't know. It's uh it's kind of a weird one if if you ask me that whole. The whole uh, process, the immigration process, is is kind of messed up, and uh, and I, I don't know how I don't know how you fix it. But they, uh, I, I we found out that just opening the borders and not not really not really trying to stop people is uh, not not the best option. It seems to be a little bit of a mess uh, here here over the past uh, past three years, but. Uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that some more, but, um, this is following the trend of several states across the country. Missouri bans Chinese-owned farmland near military bases. Uh, we talked about, uh, one in Arkansas where Sarah Huckabee Sanders made Syngenta divest of their, their holdings in Arkansas because of their ties to, to China. So this is another one. Well, but I guess it doesn't apply to um, pre-existing ownership. It only 
I guess implies uh well let's 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 dive into it. So Missouri Governor Mike Parson on issue on Tuesday issued an executive order to ban con- companies and individuals from China and other adversarial countries from owning farmland near the state's military operations. Any citizen, resident, or business from a foreign adversary such as China, Cuba, Iran, North Korea, Russia, or Venezuela is banned from owning agricultural land within 10 miles of all military facilities in the state, according to Missouri's Executive Order 2401. In a news conference, Parsons said said the order safeguards our military and intelligence assets, uh, prevents security threats to our state, and gives Missourians greater peace of mind. The order does not affect existing landowners. So if they're already owned by Chinese companies, they can keep them, I guess. Um, Missouri issued the order amid heightened concern about foreign ownership of farmland, especially from China. Well, China represents less than 1% of the U.S. total, uh, total U.S. agricultural land owned by foreign investors. Uh, holdings have increased in recent years, according to to U.S. Department of uh, Agriculture data. This article is from Agriculture Dive, by the way. Pretty decent um, agriculture publication um, news site for, for ag news. It's, it's pretty decent, I would say. I, I get quite a bit of stuff from them. Um, <laughs> this is due largely to land purchases made by Chinese billionaire Sun Guangxin in Texas. Reporting disclosures from Smithfield Foods also boosted numbers after the company was acquired by China-based WH Group in 2013. Top states with farmland owned by China include Texas at 159,640 acres, North Carolina with 44,776, and Missouri with 43,071 acres according to the latest 2022 data from the USDA. However, these estimates are likely undervalued because if multiple investors are listed on the USDA's foreign disclosure forms and no primary country is identified, the holdings are recorded as no predominant country. Hmm. Several states passed stricter laws banning China and other countries from purchasing farmland last year, despite the countries owning little to no acreage. Arkansas recently enforced its ban against international seed developer Syngenta because of its ties to China, ordering the company to divest of its land holdings for national security reasons. I mentioned that before. So, uh, Critics, however, say these bans could exacerbate an already strained relationship between the U.S. and China and damage trade relations with the, lord, the world's largest agriculture importer. I, I'm, not, I'm not super worried about about China and, and U.S. trade relations at the moment. We're still pretty heavily on that Chinese tit. And uh, and China is pretty heavily chugging some U.S. dong as well. Like, we're... It's a mutually gross and beneficial relationship that we have. Uh, you know, they... they The China in particular, they have to import a ton of stuff to, to feed their... Their people, there's a lot of them over there, and um, we don't make shit anymore, so we have to buy it from there until we can start making our own again, which I think will eventually happen at some point. I think it has to, or um, or we'll move it to India or something. But I, I think at some point we're gonna have to start making shit here again, um, 
or, or we're going to be kind of kind of screwed. Like if you can't you can't produce your own shit, you really can't go pissing off the the people that make it. And uh, because then then they'll just stop making it, and then we don't we don't have shit, and it just kind of doesn't make sense. So I'm not I'm not real worried about China at the moment, but like we keep poking that direction, and it doesn't make much sense to me. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be something to, to pay attention to is how, how China starts to react to all of this, because we've been, we've been poking them pretty hard and, um, I, I tend to kind of agree with, with these bills though. Like I'm, I'm a very much a, a free market economy type of guy. I also, I also live in the real world where we have a, a country, a nation, state, if you will. And we we uh we have to take care of our own and therefore like we have to grow our own food and it makes no sense for me. Like it's fine if our country or if our companies want to export uh you know excess product overseas, that's fine. Make your money. But don't do it at the we can't do that at the the hindrance of the by hindering our own people you know we can't we can't grow all of our food here to only to give it away to somebody else or allow allow some other country to grow all their own food here and when we have i don't know it just like you got to take care of your own and it makes no sense to me that a foreign a foreign government uh, or foreign owned company owning massive parts of our food supply particularly in the meat Packing side of things, a lot, a lot of Brazilian, a lot of Brazilian ownership, and and that's that just it makes no sense to me. But um, we'll see how how this goes with China, how it 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 affects our our relationship with them, and um, um, it could could get spicy if if things get real spicy over there. Um, you know, I don't know, it, it could things could get weird um speaking of weird this is uh prop 12 in california that that rule takes full effect in this year all pork pro pork products sold in california must adhere to regulations that prohibit the use of swine gestation crates as of january 1st 2024 after a temporary adjustment period, Proposition 12 is fully implemented in California, meaning all pork sold in the state must come from farms that comply with larger animal housing requirements. As of January 1st, 2024, pork growers and distributors are required to have valid certificates of compliance and covered products must be from compliant producers, according to the California Department of Food and Agriculture. Retailers were allowed to sell non-compliant pork already in the supply chain through the end of 2023. Implementation marks a win for animal rights advocates, and the ballot measure was overwhelmingly passed by voters in 2018, and the veal and egg provisions have been in place for years. But pushback from the pork industry delayed some of the measure's implementation until the Supreme Court ruled in favor last year. So, um... And established unprecedented, uh, unprecedented prohib prohibitions on selling food from farm animals raised in tight housing confinements. This applies not only to farms in California, but also to farms outside the state, too. For the pork industry in particular, gestation crates are widely used for efficiency and safety reasons. 
They are metal pins about seven feet long that house individual breeding sows for the entire gestation period, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Ten states, including California, Massachusetts, uh, Michigan, and Ohio, have passed laws prohibiting their use. So, um, I'm not sure how I feel about this one in, in general. Uh, I kind of, I kind of think. I kind of think maybe it's a decent thing. I don't, I'm not much on government intervention, as you know, but also I, I think, I think we could do something with the, like the pork and the chicken industry to make it a little bit more natural of a process for that, for an animal to live. Um, you know, like cattle, at least most, for the most part outside of, uh, some of your dairy cattle, they, they're out at pasture most of their life. And, you know, they come in for the last couple of months to, to get fat, get, get fed on grain and before they go to slaughter. But, and I think that even that process could be, could be re, you know, revamped a little bit, uh, particularly with the way the, the consumer demand has, has gone like that. It would behoove producers to do so because the, the money's there. People have kind of they've they've proven over over the years that they're willing to they're willing to pay extra for it. So like it, it's not like I mean it makes sense for people that that if you if you can get by with it, it makes sense for you to do so. And uh, and then particularly on the hogs and and chicken side of thing, it's just kind of gross and it's. I don't. I don't have a outside of just the mass amount of numbers that you can you can pump out. I just don't have a great defense of it, you know. Except that, like, I mean, if you need a lot of food, you know, they can do that. They can pump out a lot of stuff. But it's it's kind of it's not it's not great how they do it. And um, and this hog, I, I'm not a I'm not a hog person. So I, I'm I, maybe I should get some more some more hog farmers on here to explain this gestation crate thing. Um, but I know it's, I know it's kind of to keep the, the mother from, from either eating or, or laying down and crushing the, the piglets. Um, but it also, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not real sure of all of this, but I do know, like I'm, I'm in favor of them making sure that, pigs get a little bit of outside time you know I don't, I don't think it's it's all that great that they're just raised in like inside all the time i don't i'm not sure that's a great thing um so i i don't it doesn't matter how i feel about it the supreme court upheld it and this is and until they have another sort of referendum to to repeal it i mean that that, that is what it is so uh it might be a good thing because it there's now an incentive for uh, I mean, California is a huge market, the biggest market in the country. So uh, there's a pretty huge incentive for for farmer pig farmers to to change uh, their operation now if they want to sell any of their product in in California. So I guess I'm not I'm not a real fan of coercion, but I think it maybe it's a step in the right direction, even though it's uh, one of those awful government regulations. It's just I don't know, and I may just be. Oh, I am speaking out of ignorance. Like I said, I'm not a I'm not a pig guy. I just never have been, probably never will be. But I do like to eat the stuff. So, 
um, whatever you got to do to keep selling it in Nevada, let me know. I, uh, well, I, I just, I, I think most of my pork nowadays comes from Moink Box, which is pretty good stuff. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, overall, I'm not sure how to feel about this, uh, this particular proposition, but, um, I guess you'll know that you, you're not getting farrowing crate raised pork in, in California anymore. So, um, in other news, um, they're still trying to pass a farm bill. Nothing's come out of any of the committees yet. Uh, so who knows? They're calling for more, more food stamps for just pretty much everyone, really. Because the economy is so great. Such a great economy. We should just have more food stamps for, well, pretty much everybody. So... That's, that's how good the economy is. That, just so you know, more stu food stamps equals great economy. Um, I will keep you updated as they any progress is made on that. Uh, it was kind of a kind of a big deal, but until until anything happens, I got nothing. Um, and then. We're, I'm glad we're not to this point yet, or maybe I'm disappointed we're not to this point yet, but farmers uh, prevent <laughs> Germany's vice chancellor from leaving a ferry in a process that draws condemnation. So um, a group of farmers presented, prevented Germany's vice chancellor from disembarking a ferry hours after the government partially climbed down on cost-saving plans that had infuriated the agricultural sector. Protests drew condemnation from both government and opposition figures. Farmers headed to a jetty in Schlutzil, Schlutzil on the North Sea coast for a Thursday afternoon ahead of the arrival of the ferry carrying Vice Chancellor Robert Habeck following calls on social media for protests, police said Friday. Habeck had been on a personal trip to the small island of Huge. Uh, between 250 and 300 people gathered to demonstrate. Police said it wasn't possible to arrange a dialogue between Habeck and organizers in the tense situation, so the ferry departed again. Up to 30 demonstrators tried to board the vessel, but were held back by police using pepper spray. And uh, Habeck is a member of the environmentalist Green Party, who was also economy and climate minister. Um was unable was able to reach the mainland during the night so they scared this poor fella and um <clears throat> you know um this might be a somewhat of an unpopular opinion nowadays but i'm kind of okay with politicians being a little bit nervous about the the general public because i mean they've kind of they've kind of earned that that reason to be a little on edge. They've they fucked a lot of stuff up over well forever, but they they've they've become increasingly um just they ignore what people are actually 
uh, pissed off about, and then they just they forge ahead with like this this climate agenda, which <clears throat> I, I'm all in favor of cleaning up our our uh, how we do stuff and and make make this place as livable as possible for <clears throat> as long as possible, but. The way the way they go about it, like pushing these electric vehicles, which I'm kind of intrigued by, by electric vehicles in general, particularly how it could clean up the, some of the smog in cities. But <clears throat> it's pretty obvious they're not ready for for prime time yet, and um, they're trying to just shut down all of our consumption of oil and like well you don't have anything to replace that with yet. And and I know solar and wind and all that, blah, 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 blah. But I'd rather have just like a hole in the ground, you know, a small hole in the ground and, and pump some stuff out of it than having, you know, acres and acres of solar panels and, and these, these obnoxious wind turbines that, you know, a lot of times they got to burn diesel to, to spin them and they kill a bunch of birds and shit. And I don't know, it's just maybe not, as environmentally friendly as people claim. Um, but anyway, like, the government's gotten increasingly out of touch with what people actually want. And and it's really starting to to show over in Europe. Uh, the French are, have been, have been all up in arms. The French farmers, the Dutch farmers, um, yeah, I think you're going to see it quite a bit in Canada, maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I saw somewhere that uh, Canada's death rate has or has gone up quite a bit. Um, like more so than than other. Uh, I'd have to look it up for sure. So I don't want to I don't want to quote any numbers, but I like. Insinuate the person I was I heard insinuating uh, a lot to do with uh, the vaccine related illnesses and um whether that's true or not, I don't know, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it could be that it could also be the Canadian government, um, just off, offering up euthanasia as a, <laughs> as an option. You're like, are you feeling sad and your back hurts? You could kill yourself. We'll do it for you. Cause we're Canada, eh? It's, uh, kind of, kind of creepy to say the least. Um, but anyway, they're like, so I, I don't know, like the, but it seems that all these these type of things that are pissing off the European farmers are, are happening over in Canada, which means they'll be happening here, or they're gonna try them here. So I'm, um, I wouldn't mind seeing a big mob of tractors uh, descend on Washington D.C., but I, I also don't want to go through this whole January sixth process again. So like, if you do go to D.C., like. Uh, I guess just expect to probably be arrested if you're doing it in protest of anything somewhat conservative or or uh, or normal. Like if if you're if you're protesting Palestine, which I don't consider normal, uh, even though I'm not not a fan of of what Israel's been doing. I don't exactly like. I'm not sure uh, Hamas is a is a great one to to protest for. Um, and like that whole conflict in general, I'm finding myself finding it a lot harder to care about that whole situation over there. As, as callous as that sounds, it's just like, man, it is not our fight. Um, but anyway, like 
that all that to say like if you if if there do come come time for like these these giant type protests particularly from our our side of the political spectrum like do be careful because people will uh people have gone to jail for a long time for um kind of just being at the wrong place at the wrong time i guess it is you cannot cannot question the government like that so uh i don't i wonder what happens to all these people in uh in europe like do you see the the videos of these guys just spraying shit all over you know just liquid liquid manure on on all these government buildings in france and in germany and stuff and i wonder what happens uh with with the culprits there the these protesters i wonder if they they receive fines or if they get you know they get uh get their house raided in the middle of the night and get get uh hauled off to jail i wonder um so if if anybody happens to know anything about that let me know but i i just i wonder when that's that's going to happen around around here i would imagine it will um i guess on one one final note the the great salt lake I guess um, it'd been drying up because of the drought here lately, but they passed a, looks like they passed a bill or they haven't passed it yet. They're getting, they're, they're debating a bill to, that would allow farmers to sell some of their water rights to, to send it to the great salt lake. And, uh, and that way it'd be, uh, you know, I, I guess it's not a, I mean, taxpayers are going to pay for it because that's how that's how that would work. So, but at least there's an incentive for there's some sort of incentive for the farmers to fill up the the Great Salt Lake because <clears throat> without that, there's not <clears throat> why why would they why would they give you any of their water rights if when they could you know grow alfalfa or whatever their <clears throat> whatever it is that they were using their water rights for but now now seem if if this passes and who's to say that it will uh utah's very conservative uh fiscally conservative state i would imagine uh, being being heavily mormon and heavily republican i don't know how their spending is but you would think you think they'd be pretty conservative so i don't know if, if something like this passes or not but it's another one where like although i'm not a big fan of government involvement I mean, at least they're they're thinking logically through this the this the solution that yeah you've got to you got to offer the farmer something or there's no incentive for them to send water to the you know to the to the Great Salt Lake. So anyway, at least at least this is like somewhat smart legislation, I guess. They don't they don't say where the money comes from that to pay the farmers so. I don't know. I, I don't live in Utah, so I don't I don't really care as much. But it, I just thought this was interesting. And um, honestly, I guess let me know what you guys think about about these these particular. I'll put out the three. So the, the Prop Twelve in California, good, bad, indifferent, and tell me why if you, if you answered good or bad. Uh, the banning of Chinese owned uh, farmland in the U S agree, disagree, indifferent. Tell me why 
And then this proposal that would uh, pay the farmers to, or they would, you know, allow allow the state to buy water from these farmers to help replenish the Great Salt Lake. Is that a good idea, bad idea, or are you indifferent? And like I said, if 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 you're if you're anything besides indifferent, please let me know. Because if you're indifferent, well, even if you're indifferent, let me know why. Because you don't know, you don't care, or uh, just doesn't doesn't float your boat, I guess. But anyways, um, yeah, let me know because I'm I'm interested to see how other people think about these things, and I know I have a I have a different way of thinking about things and a different way of arriving to a conclusion than a lot of people do. So I, I'm I'm just interested to see how other people think. So um, I hope you guys have had a great New Year so far. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it immensely. To uh, I think there's gonna be there's gonna be some wild stuff going on, but I'm I'm excited for stuff that I've got planned. First and foremost, we got the Elko show. We are confirmed. We I talked to Emily from the stage door. We are back. Uh, it'd be February, I think, second and third. Um, it's the it's the Friday, first Friday and Saturday. Of February, and yes, that is second and the third will be seven, I think, seven o'clock show, seven or seven thirty. Um, I'll, I'll be posting flyers here soon. Myself, Matt and Rachel Wilson, Cassandra Moore, Calamity Cass. Um, I'm hoping Cope Wilson can, can make it. He is last I checked, he was up in Canada still. Eric Shields just is in the process of getting married and he will not be able to to make it this year. We wish him the best of luck. Congratulations, buddy. And uh, <clears throat> hopefully we get to see him again uh, out there next year. So I'd like to do some more of these throughout uh, somewhere, somewhere else outside of Elko. Elko's awesome, but I'd like to get out there on the road a little bit and do, do uh, a show or two here and there. So if you got any ideas for me, please let me know. Um, I need to talk to Cliff Shat. We, we've talked about doing something down there in Florida place I've never been and it seems like there's a lot of cattle down there so I might ought to go check it out so um yeah if you got any ideas like that let me know and please do bear with me as I figure out the scheduling on on the podcast and whatnot like I said I I don't want to get overwhelmed and turn this into a, a job that doesn't pay very well because that's kind of what it's starting to feel like and uh, I do enjoy doing this so I'd, I'd like to I'd like to keep it that way and I, I don't want to hate putting something out so um but like i said there's a good thing i got a long or a large back catalog so um i will i will keep putting stuff out for you as long as y'all keep listening so please do share like i said um social media stuff will be on pretty tight lockdown because of this this election coming up so good chance you won't see my stuff on 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 social media but if you do and you like it please share it around and that's the best way to get around that whole shadow band stuff so um on that note have a good week don't let your butt crack and uh for the friggin farm and ranch this has been the friggin farm and ranch report for monday january 8th 2024 now move your ass we're burning daylight Stars so bright, pull your hat down, make sure 
a snuffy cold chill up your spine will get your ass moving somewhere burning daylight Oh, 